It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I was a-bouncing and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Alright, what's up guys? Today Welcome to episode number 82 of the Always Race Day podcast uh, presented by the Colorado Group. I'm here with Damon. I'm Connor Ferguson. Uh, before we get into things, as always, I have my ad read to do. I don't usually announce it, but if you don't know me, I'm Connor Ferguson. And every other car dealership, Damon, pick one. Uh, any of them. Okay. I don't know. All of really them. Uh, they are going to come to your house uh, and they're, they're going to beat down your mailbox and they're going to break your gutter and then they're going to suggest that you need a new car. And you know who's not going to do that? It's the Carlotto Group. There's too many damn political commercials on my damn television right now, Damon. Sent out a tweet about this today. Every, every enemy of whoever the person is or specifically just one, whoever they're running against. There's no ad that is positive to what this political character uh, is putting out. It doesn't say what they stand for. It doesn't say anything good. It just says what's so bad about the other person. So I thought today, maybe I put a spin on that, but I want to tell you guys that Carl Auto Group is probably the best damn auto group you're going to have selling your cars. What do you think, Damon? Yes. Yes, they are. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I really wanted to go into the political thing, but I couldn't. It was trying to accuse other car dealerships of what they're going to do. Uh, it was either very, very far across the line or not close enough to the line that it would be funny. Yeah, I, th- I think you missed on that one. I think it wasn't close enough. I mean, we can restart. No, we got to keep going. I wish we could restart the uh, NASCAR race from today or uh, the developments of what the next-gen car ended up being at road courses. I got to say Damon's right, but we'll get into everything. Um, I wanted to start with our first um, segment. It's it's just simply let Damon cook. Kyle Larson was eliminated from NASCAR playoffs. Go ahead, Damon. I 
Four is open to you. I I mean, he he said what what the season came down to, um, mistakes and just bad luck. And I guess at the end of the day, when teams don't have control over making their own cars or building their own cars and you put it at somebody else's hands, I think, uh, Kevin Harvick said it best. They're cheap ass cars. And, uh, you know, parts, parts seem to be breaking a lot more this year than I think that they were initially anticipating, which is kind of odd uh, because of how quote unquote durable this car is, which um, has shown its good side, but it's also uh, reared its ugly head in a couple of different ways too. So, you know, at, at the end of the day for the Larson deal, it is what it is. They, they thought at the time because of how terrible the race was, um, they thought at the time they were good taking the, taking all their time, taking the laps and making sure that the tow link was fixed. And unfortunately, um, that wasn't the case. And, um, they ended up having to pay the price because NASCAR created mass entertainment at the end. Okay. All right. Oh, whoa. Jeez. You threw a hot take at the end. You're just throwing it in the back door there. Like I'm not going to notice you throwing a ax bomb in my living room in middle school. Big fan of backdoor covers here. Oh man. All right. Um, we never even talked about our weekends, but I'm, we'll get to that in the middle. How about that? We'll switch. Well, our weekend again. doesn't, my weekend's not great. So I know neither was mine. I was just going to complain about stuff. And the, the funny thing is the only thing going good for me right now is the Vikings. So, uh, thank God NHL season starts Tuesday and the stars play on Thursday. I'm excited for that. Um, what I, what I wanted to say about this car is it, it is surprising to me how many things went differently especially all of this in the back half of the season, right? The only thing in the front half was the tire issues. That was the only, and I'm sorry if my voice is going up and down. We try to fix that in post. If you're watching on YouTube, you're getting the full experience because I just don't know how to control the volume. Anyways, volume of my voice, not podcast stuff. But anyways, all these issues arose later on in the year that we're seeing the safety stuff. We're seeing the oh, this is a glaringly bad road course race. You know, we had Martinsville. It wasn't great, but Bristol Dirt's not like a short short track race, and Bristol Dirt was good this year. And, you know, you, you see it, you're, you're finding out. I think in the past, NASCAR has looked at their cars and what they're doing, and, and a lot of the things they've done to them haven't been, you know, it's like, okay, there's, a risk for this there's this but we, we kind of know how this is going to behave it it feels to me like this car has more question marks than any car we've seen in the past 20 years well that's because the the people that are building the cars now or or supplying the parts to build the cars haven't been building race cars in the past 20 years that's that's the difference is NASCAR had t- has basically taken away all the the creativity in building a race car away from the teams and that's why we're seeing more problems because I can guarantee you if the teams had more say and more control over the parts that are coming out on this car um we wouldn't be having near the issues I don't think and I think they would have found some of these problems a lot sooner yeah, absolutely. I think um I think when we get into 
what happened with this race uh i feel like the car is not i don't know it's still it's still definitely a forefront of the issue but most of the stuff is at the very least when we're talking about kyle larson being eliminated stuff like that it was, it was stuff that was raced out so that helps me with the result of it but we have a lot to cover you know uh christopher bell won the race today um and that was not really that close to the biggest uh news of the day you know i mean i, I would consider i would say it's the biggest coming in he had to win and he did i mean no it feels like it feels to me like larson being eliminated is bigger but this is what i mean I, I think bell bell being had Bowman not had his injury, Bell would have been number eight going into the weekend, in my opinion. And so for him to walk it off uh, when he needed it most, he took tires at a gutsy time in the race when they called that last car or the second to last caution. And so he, he benefited from, um, he benefited from some gutsy calls. So I, I would say out of the whole day, he was the one that, um, was probably the biggest story. I think the, the story that'll get talked about the most is going to be Larson missing out on the, on it. But I think the biggest story that people really should take away is that bell walked in with only one way of advancing and he did it. All right. That's fair. Uh, I think, should be and being talked about are two different things, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's just where I'm coming from. Cause I agree with you on that fashion. I just think, I, I think more people are talking about Larson being eliminated and, you know, props to him, but this is where I come in. I'm going to save the day. Kyle Larson and the number 500 motorsports team are still in the owner's playoffs. There you go, Damon. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. No, you're welcome. You're still in the owner's playoffs. It's the OP, the original playoffs, man. No. Yeah. No. Oh, no. no, no, no. No, you cannot You cannot be a real Larson fan and not care about this. I won't let you. I. It, it's a, a driver's title is what you get awarded for at the end of the, at the, end of the day. Well, when, when Chase Elliott, um, if, if William Byron wins the title, I'm going to call it a Disney uh, Mickey Mouse title. But... When Chase Elliott is in victory lane uh, at Phoenix uh, and Kyle Larson's car pulls up next to him and, and they take the Chase won the driver's title and Kyle brought home the owner's title, then I would like you to uh, remember this podcast. That's fine. Please. Uh, at, what? Who won the owner's title last year? Kyle Larson. Who won it the year before? Chase Elliott. The owner's title? Yeah. Are you sure? Number nine team, yeah. Are you sure? Not a hundred percent, but pretty sure. I'm just pointing out the points of. Not we haven't not. had a playoff where drivers have gone in and out of race cars. Right, but that doesn't mean that the owner points are the owner points are different. The owner points pay more. Yeah, I mean, I don't give a shit. It's owner you, you didn't know that. I don't really give a no, shit. No, no, admit you didn't know that. No, I, I'm not, I don't know that. What I would do if I were you, I, don't really give a fuck. I need you to go on a big, I need you to go on a big parade uh, about how the owners playoffs matter more because they pay more. They don't, they don't matter more. See, no one gives a shit about the Kings Royal compared to the Houston's high bank nationals. 
I think they're equal across. Well, now you're, not, you're just not being fun. I need you. I need you to embrace. No, I'm not here for entertainment. Like we're making, you we're making the best of both worlds. I'm, I'm here for realistic. Unlike you and NASCAR, you guys are here for entertainment. If Kyle Larson didn't end up five laps down today, he would be in the next round of the playoffs. Now, is that because he broke a tail link and that part was pretty? No, it's because NASCAR yes. awesome for a sign. Uh, is it because that Kyle Larson went into the wall? On his own accord. Yeah. That, well, it, 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 wall, he just made a mistake. And, that, <laughs> that's what I'm saying at the start. I the said that thing. at the very beginning. I said he said that he made mistakes. Nothing to take away outside of the fact that Briscoe, heads up, beat him at the end of the day on the track. However, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before, I'm not, I'm not interrupting you to disagree. I when I when I'm saying a lot of the stuff I'm saying, Damon, and you get you get caught up into this when it's very important to you, and I, I understand it because it can come off differently. I'm talking mostly to the common people that don't don't realize any of this. I know you're smart enough to realize everything I'm saying and disagree or not. I I don't strongly disagree with you on anything other than the race today sucked. Not because anything, the first 104 laps stunk. It was terrible. It was awful. Okay. But when you look at what Larson said afterwards, that's uh, struggling finding words right now. Had a family reunion, just got back from it. So thanks for praying with me, I suppose. But what Larson said after the race is stuff that like Bubba Wallace got hounded for it earlier this year. Um, different drivers would get made fun of for it. And, and no one cared when Larson said it because of how good he is. And I, I think that that rubbed off on me that, Hey, Larson said, I made mistakes today. It, it's not, I got to do better. I, you know, I let my team down. That's just, it is what it is. And I think no one said anything and, and there's, different ways to kind of take away and this is kind of the alternate takeaway from it but like you you don't see Lars and humble like that very much and it says a lot I, I agree with them I, I I guess I'm confused but yeah I he he knew he made mistakes throughout this season the team knew they made mistakes throughout the season. He was the best car at the Coke 600 and he had to come through the field five different times uh, because of mistakes on pit road probably was one of the best cars at Texas, but because of pit road had to come through the field again, was the best was one of the best cars at Kansas both times and had to come through the field. So the the mistakes are obviously glaring that's a big thing but i i don't yeah no i don't know how i don't know how how that is in comparison to some of the other other points you brought up with it but i i mean i maybe i see it differently i guess no you're fine i i just think that when drivers say like oh like when they were when they're strongly saying like i screwed that up that was on me and it's not like in relation to a wreck um i bring up bubba because it's the easiest example to drop but i mean you you see it 
about once a month or so someone will say something like that and people are like why is this guy feeling sorry for himself it's a weird thing to do and it's like larson's never gonna have people like that the people that were going at larson today were people that are like ha 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 the racist is out and it's like shut the fuck up you know um i just thought it said like it's the same with elliot they try to take like he didn't want the cameraman over there what do you think of that by the way um thought it was kind of weird i didn't i, I you know it I'm doesn't not, make any sense i, I yeah, i'm not like gonna, i'm not gonna like pester him about it like i don't i you know it is very weird i that's i'm right there with you it's it's odd but like that's not like my reasoning for calling anyone a dick Right. I, I do think people are right though. in the fact that if it's Kyle Bush that does that, the whole world's burning to the ground right now because of it. And we forgot who even won the race. Cause we've seen it in the past where that's been the case. We saw Harvick do that in the fight with Elliot at Bristol and it still kind of found its way around. You know, I don't think it was that important. Um, I mean, Kyle Busch to told off the media at Las Vegas Motor Speedway a few years ago. No, 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 I know that. I saw that entire thing, uh, and they don't even remember who won the race. I saw plenty of people hammering Elliott for it. I just didn't, you know, him and Byron didn't have any. That's what I don't understand. That yeah. That's why I don't understand why he would wave them off. They yeah, I, it, I just thought it was weird, but that, like, that's the end of it. It made zero sense. My point of what I was saying was just Larson's like a good enough racer and top three in the cup series. Would you say chase Kyle and Kyle Busch? Oh yeah. I mean, he's top three for sure. Okay. All right. I'm glad we agree on that. Um, but it's crazy how quickly he got there. That's what I was trying to, I was trying to wrap it in. I didn't do a good job of that. So that's on me. Um, Chase Briscoe. Okay, Austin Sendrick wipes out. It kind of seems like, okay, well, now Kyle Larson seems to be safe. And in a lap and a half, uh, Briscoe gained like six spots. Uh, and then it very much looked like on my television that Cole Custer took that corner very easy where Chase Briscoe passed him. Austin Dillon was behind him. He locked the brakes up. The tires smoked. He locked the brakes up. Did you think he locked up or did you, or you, you're talking about Briscoe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, Briscoe went, Briscoe was going to go hard in that corner either way. He dove in there and Custer stopped midway down the back straight away. It, it was very apparent what he was doing. And, this and I'm not saying that because it was a Larson deal. I would have said that for anybody across the board that that was, if you're going to do it, go do it in a little bit different manner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what you want them to do differently. I, honestly, I thought if you're going to, well, I, you just stay I, in the way. You don't have to stop. Just stay in the way. Yeah, I'm just saying when I when I would if I were to manufacture a race or a result um, and have my teammate pass me, that's probably how I do it. Is just slow into a corner with six guys in line behind me. 
So you're in favor of the move? No, not what I'm saying. Not what well, I'm that's saying. what it sounded like. If that's I what. was, if I was going to do that, if you were going to do that, wouldn't you do the same thing? And you stay in the way. Yeah, I think we've seen it. I think we've seen it quite a few times where you don't have to stop to to make a difference. I think you look at last year at Atlanta when Ross was a lap down and he basically just took the line of of Kyle away from Kurt and Kurt drove around the outside and took the, took the preferred line of Kyle Bush at, at Atlanta last year. Yeah. Um, and Ross didn't stop and really didn't do anything quote unquote wrong in that setting, but he didn't stop his car on going into a turn. Yeah. And I, those didn't stick out too much to me, but I, I think it was just because it didn't, affect the season like this one does you know well it, yeah i mean it doesn't matter that is it's, to not say. Gonna, it's not really gonna affect the season regardless what they find anyway well they, i mean it does affect it it essentially knocks morrison out of the playoffs now if they would have tied briscoe on the tiebreaker would have gotten it i i feel like the tiebreaker rule should just be nascar calls me and asks which driver's better chase briscoe or larson Oh, that's a bad idea. What do you mean? Landon Castle would be in the final four. I see. Exactly. <laughs> um, so NASCAR issued a statement tonight. Um, I have a lot of beef with this beef with this cheese beef with this statement. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to it after I read it. I just want to read it in full. Um, it says NASCAR is reviewing data, video and radio transmissions from the 41 car. That's cool. Custer's car. Uh, following its incident on the backstretch during the final lap, NASCAR will communicate the results of the review early this week. Um, that's not tonight, Sunday. That's probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, any potential penalties would not affect the round of eight field. This is uh, my issue with that because William Byron had his 25-point penalty uh, for directly impacting the results of a race. My words, not NASCAR's. Uh, and NASCAR didn't appeal this penalty. It was the appeal board, which is unaffiliated, which I don't frankly understand either. I feel like your sport should have your own rules panel that you are, are a part of, frankly. I don't know. I don't know enough about that setup to really hammer them about that, but that should have had some kind of points penalty since you didn't notice during the race, which is, we, we've talked about how glaring that is anyway. But to say that like, hey, no matter what we find, reviewing this data and reviewing the audio of their radio transmission, uh, the field of eight's not changed. I, I think that's BS. Three hours ago we had, Kyle Larson, and obviously this is a part of it, knocked out of the playoffs in part because a call on William Byron was appealed and came back. So if that 25-point penalty stays, Byron was above the cutoff by 11 points, even if it was a 14-point penalty, which is how many spots he would have lost on a lap during the race. That still would have changed things up. So that directly impacted the round we're just getting out of. And now this thing that you're talking about 
is for sure not impacting anything because that it's weird to me that you say that before you review the tape what's well, kind of dumb in my opinion on this whole thing is why are we even doing it if it's not going to affect anything why are yeah, you giving yeah. people the opportunity why are you giving people the opportunity to to put you on blast again for another week you know four out of the last five weeks nascar's been in the news for some some random reason um, something that's not good bad publicity and now you're going to do it again right here this opportunity uh to give fans to put you on blast and you know, you, you went out of your way in 2013 to add another driver into the playoffs then um, after the whole. Don't Rich- call Jeff Gordon another driver. Just saying. You're crossing yeah. lines here. You added he was another- rightfully added to the playoffs that year. He was added to the playoffs based because of the exact same thing that we're going to search to- tonight. So me being a Gordon fan, I, I agree with how NASCAR handled it. I think I'm in my in the minority generally of the diehard people that follow NASCAR. Extremely. Um, someone else manufactured a race. Jeff Gordon was the victim of it, and he benefited from their penalty, and they didn't benefit from it. Right. What I what I don't that's like. What I, is- that's what I think. Like, hey, if you find on that radio that the 41 team and the 14 team were working they're like hey chase needs points chase needs points pull over you know i i don't think i don't really agree on team orders generally um i think in this situation like i don't know i i thought it was kind of blatant and I'd, I'd probably say I'd be in favor of giving the spot to larson without like seeing anything and knowing anything I would. I, that's not going to happen. Don't. Right. I, I don't that's think what I'm saying, though. Hold out hope for that. That's what I'm saying, though, is now you've you've set a precedent because of team orders way back when. So people are going to bring that up, whether people want, you know, whether diehards in the sport, whether media in the sport think that's right or not, it's going to be brought up. Um, even though NASCAR's under new leadership and all that, all that sense since that time. But now fast forward to this, if you're not going to change anything, why make it public? Like, don't, don't put yourself in a position to give people a reason to jump you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, because we'll come on here next week after they come out out of this and say, you know, this is what happened. Um, we thought this, well, now we're going to be sitting here talking, well, they probably should have let Kyle Larson back into the playoff. And why didn't they do that? Why didn't, and all this and that, and everybody across the whole country is going to start talking about, well, why did they do this? And why didn't they do that? Instead of just letting it go in this sense, you could come out silently and say it if you wanted to, but there's no reason to, to make it public. If you're not going to change the outcome of what happened. Yeah, you're in you're right there. And this this is why I bring up the owners playoffs. I think we could all get a hoot and a holler out of watching the owners playoffs. No? No. So, so I, the owners stuff. If I look like I'm disconnected, I'm there I just got a thing for my verify. I'm getting like security notices from my credit card. 
Well, you shouldn't be using your credit card in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's what's going on. Yeah, I'm very confused. I'm sorry. Keep, did you have any other takeaways from the race? Sorry. I, I mean, from the race itself. I'm trying yeah. to make sure someone didn't take my credit card information because it's showing from me a lot of security notices. From the race itself, yeah, the race was absolutely garbage. And then we had a man manufactured caution to make it even more garbage, in my opinion, because it benefited who I root for on a Sunday, but or not benefited, but destroyed who I root for on Sundays. But regardless, it, even even prior to the whole fiasco with Larson's tow link, it turned the, the race was garbage. It was what I have been saying on here for a really long time. The road course racing is terrible. Um, and you know, when, when you look up and all of a sudden AJ Elmendinger who just took the lead has a four second lead over the guy he was just battling door to door with and has a 12 second lead over the top, over the fifth place car and a 24 second lead over the 13th place car. It's like, this is not good. And you know, how many times do we watch sports car racing um, and see those cars kind of strung out a little bit? And it is, it's all spaced out more than, than what we um, would like it to. And now you've basically taken away two, possibly three of the sports best racing uh, that we've had and in our, in our entire lives between short track and road course. And I would, I personally would throw super speedway racing in that same conversation. And, and it's now become basically pathetic in that sense. So, um, I, I didn't like it. Thought it was a boring race. I didn't watch the race. Uh, I listened to it on PRN the whole way home. And, and it, when they sound bored is when you know that the race really sucks because those guys do such a good job. The radio guys do such a good job to make things sound interesting, even when the race is terrible and, and they sounded bored. I mean, they got to a point in the race where they just sounded really bored and didn't even want to be a part of it. Hey, sorry. We're going to pause this. I don't want to ruin the flow of this. I'm going to remember what you said. I got to take this phone call real quick. Make sure all's good. All right, guys. Sorry about the uh, pause. You didn't hear any ads in the middle of it. So you're, that's my making it up to you. Right. Um, no, I thought the race, I, I don't think it's like sports cars. Cause I, I feel like it's, much easier to pass in sports cars it's more dependent on you know what team you're driving for what car you're in what drivers in the car i feel like that sport is more driver dependent i i don't think today i thought the drivers that are good on road courses still succeeded but that's usually going to happen at a road course it was just so hard to pass the acceleration of the corner looks really slow it looks like it's too slow to make any difference up in a lot of the areas of what the roval is i think it kind of brings that out in the car and i think that's kind of where you 
it's where you don't want to be. Yeah, you need more horsepower. You need acceleration out of those corners. You need to make sure every part of the racetrack matters. Um, as weird as that sounds to say, but it was bad. There was not very many green flag passes today. No, not even in the middle of the field. We're we're used to seeing even in in some bad races when the leader is out in clean air and second place is having a hard time passing the leader and we're arrow blocking in the back of the pack. There's laps being uh, there's cars being passed and today was was not the case. If you were in twenty fifth, the best that you probably got out of that run was maybe twentieth if you were lucky. Um, you know. It, it did the best drivers show up. Yeah, they did, but they didn't, couldn't do anything They're Just because they're at the front doesn't mean anything. They're, they're at the front because of just being, being at the front and, <laughs> and the, the teams, the, the cars are terrible. I mean, I, I, they're bad. They're bad cars. I think we traded essentially this season. What, used to be the most exciting types of racing are now not uh to make the boring races more exciting and when i say it like that it's a net negative i do i think this car is a complete failure not yet but i think this is like the biggest off season in nascar history when it comes to what's going to happen with these cars because why why do you think it's not a complete failure because the super speedways are still fine the i mean talladega was great you look at that you look at every mile and a half which makes up most of the schedule in any given year and still makes up most of the schedule is the mile and a half were great this year minus texas we took out, there's five short track races. There's six road courses. So, so you're okay with uh, having 11 bad races out of the year? I'm not okay with it in the future, but I'm okay with it the first time around. I just, I, I would take this over the 550 package 17 times out of 10. Here, again, 550 package is horsepower. The cars did not do that. The physical demeanor of the that car. Was, that was what NASCAR did with those cars. With the engine package. I, I understand, but we, we can't change that, me and you. I get that. So, so This is what NASCAR, I'm going off NASCAR's decision to run this engine package with this car and to run that engine package with that car. I take this over that. Yeah, you take it. And now we also have two drivers out because of head injuries and another because of a fractured foot. We don't say that I'm in favor of injuries. I don't like that part. We haven't had, we, we had one driver in like, I'm trying to think back when the other time we had somebody hurt and out of a car for a really long time. And I can't think of one kyle bush was hurt in the old car for in 15 time bringing his life right my it drastically altered his career in that car for a really long time nascar made some safety changes nascar's enhanced tracks i hope me, this off season is huge too because that's what they need to do but go ahead 
what I'm getting at is we haven't had multiple drivers in one season get hurt in, in these cars. Ryan Newman was out in 2020 because of his accident. Kyle Busch was in 2015 and that was shortly thereafter that, but those were in separate seasons across the board. We've had now three drivers that we know of there's, I, I guarantee you, you know, because they're athletes, they're competitors, you know, there is a driver in that garage that took a hit this year that probably should not have been racing the next week. Well, either that or guys battling injuries that you can't see, you know, if you, the NHL is great at this. The NHL comes out after a team is eliminated from the playoffs and it doesn't get the coverage it deserves because the only people that care are the losing team's fans. That That's the one thing they have left to root for. And it's like, okay, so and I'm not rooting for an injury, but the Stars lose some playoff series. I think it was the Stanley Cup um, two years ago. The reason I said some, I didn't mean to – Actually, yeah, the Stars are a dynasty like that. We lost one of our Stanley Cup series, and uh, it, they came out, and they're, they're like, Rupe Hintz has been playing with a completely shattered foot. It's fractured and broken two places. And it's just, like, badass. Love that guy. And, you know, I don't think it'd be great PR if NASCAR did that after this year, but it makes people realize, like, what athletes go through just to get on the field and just to help their teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's just what's so what's bothersome to me is just like Chase Elliott said, how do we take steps back in, in safety when we're building for the future? Um, and now not only are we taking steps back, but the product at some, at the foundation of this sport, right? The sport, the short tracks in this sport is what, is what NASCAR was built on. We we're built on, on small, short track racing. Um, so do you agree? Yes. So th- to build on that, do you agree that this off season in fixing what was short tracks and what were road courses this year, do you agree that that is the forefront? It has to be aside from safety. I, we can't, we can't get canceled and not say safety is number one, but it, what they do to this car, this off season is going to, very drastically alter the public perception. If there's another clunker of a race like that next year at any short track or any road course, NASCAR is going to hear what today was times a thousand. Yeah. I've been saying that since Martinsville. It's just not, it's not like a next week fix. It's take three months. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit easier of a fix than what you actually think though, because if you give these cars more horsepower, it's a little bit easier of a fix. Yeah. I think, and that's what Bozy was saying. He, he said uh, a shorter uh, tire surface, maybe, or wheelbase. I, I don't know what, if I forget the, well, the width of the tire, the width of the well, tire. Has yeah, something well, to do with that, it. Yeah. So and, he said, if you do that, or if you give them a little bit more horsepower, it goes a long way. Do it. If you give them more horsepower, it now puts it back in to the driver's hands. And, and I thought that's what they were doing with this car in the first place was this was supposed to go back into the driver's hands. And I don't think it really has. The 550 took so much horsepower away that even giving them a little bit back, like they did with this car, it doesn't make that much of a difference because 
550 was such a low number. I well, don't that and the fact that everybody could build their own cars. Everybody had their own intricacies in their own cars within the rule book that allowed them to do these different things. Now they're given everything from, from these vendors. And so now the car itself doesn't have those, those ways of, of finding an extra edge. And so when all the drivers are good, like most in the cup series are plus when you've got all the, all the, the parts, now everything's equal across the board. And so you're going to have all this equals going because we don't have enough driver input. Yeah, you're definitely right with, I'm struggling with words today. Gosh, family reunions tear me up. Um, you're completely correct. I, I agree with you. I think they need to listen to the guys. And, and that's they had a safety meeting this weekend that lasts about 75 minutes. Um, some people walked away happy, I guess, and some weren't so happy with it. The uh, the reporting was Chastain was happy. The reporting like, hey, some drivers are happy and some aren't like. Okay. That tells that tells me even less than just not telling me it at all. I not criticize. It. I'd probably say the same thing because that's probably what they were giving you. But just give me examples because, like, yeah, any meeting you go into, I could probably say that, and like ninety five percent of the time, be true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. So I was I was surprised with some of the stuff out of that but just go fix your fix your stuff you got a problem it's broke you gotta fix it so fix it and what's been what's bothersome to me is they've known it's a problem like this isn't this isn't just happened most of the issues are glaring because people are more vocal about it now in the back half of the year but we knew that the short track package was crap at martinsville we knew that we didn't we, even watch the race. Right. We were together. We were together. We watched like, like the four, last four minutes worth of highlights in the last 20 laps. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew that the race at Coda wasn't that great. If it wasn't for that last restart, I mean, across the board, the race wasn't fantastic. We knew that road America wasn't that great of a race because third place on back was 18 seconds off the pace. So they know that these are problems. So why are we not trying to do something mid season or, or throughout the year to help fix it? They've done it in the past. They brought completely different tires to tracks because the first time they went there, it's been bad. They've had changes on cars. They've changed parts. They've done all these things in the past. Why are we not doing it this year with this new car? If we're trying to actually make a difference, like this would have been the year to throw everything that you possibly have at this car you have to for and for whatever reason and that could be because it's not that easy to fix my original hypothesis which could be wrong right that that's a reason they could also be trying to save face for whatever reason i don't don't. if this is their way of saving face they're very bad at pr right i don't know what it is i'm taking throwing stuff out there 
um, we're not going to find the answer tonight. We're not going to find it next week, right? This offseason is going to be very important for them. Um, I think it's also important that the title winner isn't like a doesn't feel like a fluke. Okay, so going off of that, while while you bring that up, then who would you consider being a fluke uh, winner? I'm glad you asked, Damon. Uh, Austin Keeney asks also uh, who advances to Phoenix. So this will transition perfectly into this part. Um, Ross Chastain uh, would definitely be a fluke winner for me. Um, I think you agree, and I think everyone on the podcast knows why. Uh, Chase Briscoe, because uh, of today, definitely would feel like a fluke winner to me. Um, and the other guys who advanced, Christopher Bell is having a fantastic playoff. I don't believe he'd be a fluke winner. I think some might. I don't believe that. I think William Byron would also. He'd be my third. He would also be my fluke winner because I don't think he. I don't think he should have advanced today. See, I, I, I think he is not necessarily. I wouldn't consider him a fluke winner. And I, I don't hate William Byron. I, I'm a big Jeff Gordon fan. Whoever's in the 24, I'm not going to hate them. But the dude altered the results of a race, it wasn't right. penalized for it, and now is advancing to the next round when the defending champ uh, is the guy who's knocked out, who's also your teammate, which is also ironic as hell. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think Byron should win the title. That's I, I think I, – I still think that there should have been – at least place penalty uh, based on how many that Denny lost, you know? So if it was 14, dock him 15 points, you know, right. whatever it was. I, I, I don't understand. What bothers me is the, is we're, I don't know how to put this, but with that whole deal is again, don't put yourself in a bad light if you don't have to. So, um, just stand with, stand your penalty. I know it comes from a different board of appeals and everything, but stand your penalty. Just you, you've got to, uh, in a situation like that, I I'm a big William Byron fan. Like I do like William Byron genuinely. Um, and, but what he did was, was wrong at that sense. And Denny was the one that got penalized. I can't believe I'm standing up for Denny Hamlin, but here we are uh, yet again. And, you know, the older he gets, the more, the more he's actually likable. It's kind of crazy, but. Um, I think, any, I think any owner driver gets a lot more respect for me and a lot more fandom just because they're, I mean, they're in the same room as the guys we complain about and the, the people that, fund all the guys that we cheer for well you would think that they are being heard but that apparently wasn't the case in the rta meeting but that's re on a different conversation but um as far as you know as far as fluke winners though i i can't i can't put byron there because i think the racetracks that are coming up uh, suit his style extremely well. Martinsville, he was the, the winner there in the spring and Homestead, he won there last year um, and did it quickly. So there's, there's two tracks in the next round that I can't con consider him a fluke winner, regardless of the outcome. If he won the next four races, he wouldn't be a fluke winner. Let me, let me get my point of that across too, because I'm trying to, 
I would say if it was like a guy who snuck in right. um, the, the Martinsville race and snuck into the cutoff and then there was uh, the top three guys were fighting in a green-white checkered and all took each other out and the fourth guy won. Kind of like Joey Logano did in 2018? A little bit like that, but that was Joey was also in the right spot. I, I don't fault Joey for his title. Okay. Not in the same way. I mean, we all know that if if Joey I doesn't if Joey doesn't wreck Carl Edwards at Homestead, Carl Edwards wins the 2018 title. Right. I and I don't remember it as well as I as, guess that was 2016. That's my bad. Yeah, you're fine. Um, yeah, just because how young I was, and, and that was right after. It, honestly, I think I think I was celebrating the Cubs, and I was like. I don't even care that Carl Edwards lost this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty oh, sure that was the reaction I had if that was 2016. Um, but regardless, I think the fluke winner deal for the the eight that are left, I think really Briscoe kind of he's the he's the one for me. I would say. Um, I would say Chastain to an extent. However, he does run up front quite often. He hasn't here as of late, but he has often at points throughout this season, um, which is ironic coming from me to say that, but um, I I wouldn't consider it a fluke, but I, I would because it's still Ross Chastain and, you know, there's, there's stuff that comes with that, but um, I would say really out of the only, out of the eight advancing, it's Briscoe is the only one that I would consider a, a fluke winner. And if he were to somehow get to, to Phoenix, that's the track he won to get into the playoffs. So, um, it certainly gets there. Um, before I set my picks for the championship four, I want to say, screw you, Tyler Reddick and Chris Williams, put him along with Chris Williams. Tyler Reddick is his guy, so I have to include him on this. It's not. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think his number one is the old number nine. And his number two is the eight ball. No, I I understand that, but I have to. I have to throw some shade at Chris here, and it's not for the reason you think. I don't care that Elliot didn't win the race today. I, if I had bet him today, I probably would care a little bit more. Um, like Chris did. Yes, exactly. Exactly like that. But Tyler Reddick took away from all of NASCAR country another Chase Elliott versus Kevin Harvick on track incident at the Revel. And I really wanted Chase Elliott to just wipe out Kevin Harvick. (laughs) He's advanced to the next round. Any points penalty you give him isn't going to affect the next round. I think Chase would have definitely sent him. I, I don't know. That's and how NASCAR is handling this today. What happened in the race today is not going to affect the next round. Chase absolutely could have sent him, and it would not have affected anything. And I think he would have, honestly. I'm sure he would have tried. I'm sure he would have tried. Oh, I, dude, I was laughing before it happened, and then he spun, and I'm like, God. I'm <laughs> sure he would have tried. I was more ticked off because we didn't get another little faction uh episode of that rivalry uh and we got what we got all right um 
let's do playoff picks championship four. Do you think Chase Elliott makes it to the next round? Uh, yes. That's one of your four. Okay. So we got three more. I'm going to pick another one that you want to pick. Um, Kyle Larson. Yeah. Oh shoot. He's not in the playoffs, Damon. My bad. <laughs> we can yeah, do I can hang up. Quickly, we can do actually. we can do owners playoff points if you want. No, because the owners championship's fake. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you can you have to stand up for it. I wish this honestly, I almost wish this was Chase Elliott, because I would just sit here and, and claim the owner's points title is just way more. I would have so much more fun with it than you're doing. The you're owners you're choosing stupid. The owner's title is stupid. I think it should be all the teams combined versus e- and everybody uh, in the organization. Make more fun. Individual. How would you do that though? Like average finish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, then there's no playoff grid though. Is there? What would you, you do? It. You go traditional standings. Oh, that's stupid. No, we need playoffs. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, here we go again. <laughs> NASCAR are on the same page. They're all in it for entertainment. They don't give a shit about competition. All right, all right, hold on. Um, Ryan Blaney, is he going the next round? Is he going to the finals? You know what? I, I said a couple weeks ago he was going to be one of my first eliminated. I think he's in to the final four. All right, so we're both on Chase. We're both on Ryan. I, I How about you pick the next one? I like Blaney getting in. Who's your third guy in? I would say my third guy in, um, it's got to be Denny Hamlin, right? You you talk about why it's Hamlin. I want to make sure I, I'm on the fence. Here's why it's Denny Hamlin. First of all, he ran extremely well at Vegas. Um when we were there in the spring, Toyotas are really good at mile and a half as we found out. And so I think whatever his cars were doing at Kansas and the other Toyotas were doing at mile and a half, he's going to put into that FedEx freight and uh, find a way at Vegas. His best track on the circuit is hands down Martinsville. Uh, that is, I, I think statistically that is his best track on the circuit. Plus he's just really good at Homestead, uh, as well. It, you know, had there not been the pit crew problem, the, the, the tape being put over the grill at Homestead a few years ago, uh, all those different things, he probably would have won a title by now at Homestead because of how well he ran um, at that place. So the three tracks that are in this round really suit Denny Hamlin. Well, all right. Um, I've made my decision. My third guy is Christopher bell. My fourth guy is Denny Hamlin bell. Why bell Christopher bell is you can, you can give me shit for this take. You can prove me wrong in statistics. I am positive. You can, he's had, that's the best six race stretch Christopher bells ever seen. I think Christopher Bell clinched his way out of the first round on points. He had a bad race. He raced at Talladega. That was the two before this. He had a must-win situation today. His crew gambled, and it paid off, and he won the race. And they, they recognized that this is what we need to do. On multiple occasions, big risks. He pitted like 10 laps before everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Maybe five, but felt like 10, long track. Christopher Bell and his team right now, I thought that was execution at its finest. And that completely impressed me. I, I think they're going. Okay. Um, so I got Elliot Hamlin, Bell, and 
Why do I always do this? Blaney. Thank you. Yeah, I'm um, staring at his name right now. I my my fourth pick it's a toss up right now. I don't think a lot of people are talking enough about Joey Logano and I think that's because of the Ford uh deal. I think you know with Ford's just not being as consistent as good right now in this year. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't talking enough about Logano because the uh, only races he can win are the tracks that no one's been to. Well, that's true. There's still dirt, the clash. So we haven't been to Homestead this year, so he's got a chance for that one, right? Oh fuck. I don't, I, so it's tough to say, but again, two mile and a half in a short track. And I think, uh, you know, the two mile and a half Ford hasn't been fantastic at they qualify. Well, they just can't race well. So, um, I think the, the guy though, that I'm going to take for my fourth is William Byron. And I think because of Martinsville and Homestead, coming up um winner at martinsville earlier i i know that was a lot of track position stuff and i understand that um but he still he won the truck race the night before and then he won the cup race that that night the next night so um give me give me will you be in that last one plus you go to homestead and the guy dominated at homestead last year i know it's a different car and everything but the te- techniques a lot of the same uh, but I, I really think uh i think byron gets a ticket um to phoenix as well william byron and tyler reddick are always my picks when it comes to a track where you can run the high line all the way around to see it's for me it's always tyler reddick and kyle larson you can put a talk about Byron and how well he does that. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm just saying, well, you can put a piece of paper in between the, the wall and the car and it stays there the whole time. You know that you're doing something right. Do you, uh, I, I never asked you about that. Do you agree with the debris caution? No, no, no. It, they had it picked up before the caution was even thrown. I that did. See, I did see that after, but I don't know. I just didn't know if that was somebody in the stands confirmed that. Okay. They said that they had, there was people out there picking it up as the caution was being thrown. So it, it, yeah. You pull the guy's credential last week for chasing a tire to the infield, but this isn't, I don't know, man. They let him back into the facility. I think he, I think he was back. I don't think they suspended him or anything. That guy, that guy. I hope so. Usually when they do, they're suspended indefinitely. Um, I'm glad they did that. I guess that, so that was under green flag. Cause I, I was covering, I think a college football game when that happened. Yeah. But it, it's so it's, it's dumb that they throw that. Uh, which we knew was going to be the case. Like you, you just knew I'm surprised that they didn't throw the caution when LaJoy and Suarez spun on the front stretch. Um, I thought that was when they were going to throw it and pull the quick trigger, but instead they have a sign apparently that was in the track, the lap before then it, it stayed there and that's when they threw the caution. So, um, I'm not entirely sure on that. Can't confirm it, but apparently it was on the track the lap before, and then they decided to throw the caution the next lap to go pick it up. And it, in my opinion, was the reason for all sorts of, of dumb chaos at the end. And it's back to NASCAR creating entertainment instead of competition. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I mean, hell, it took a win away from your boy. 
Yeah, either yeah. one of them. Well, Tyler either, Reddick did that. Either one of them. It took a win. no. It would have been after the caution that Tyler Reddick did that. I'm just confused, and I'm not. I'm not calling them a liar. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm not. You know, I. I think it was the thing was probably picked up, but. First of all, why is that not a wrap? My dad said that. Why Why is that not a wrap on the wall? Why is it plastic boards that have to be glued to it? And did you not use Gorilla Glue? It's the strongest glue for a damn reason, okay? Nope. Use it. Use Gorilla Glue. I love, I love Gorilla Glue. It is so much fun to play with it and just stick things to stuff, and they never come off. It's great. Good to know. I I use Gorilla Glue too, but they don't. Yeah, use a wrap. Use a wrap on the wall. What are we What are we doing here? Why Why are we? You're in the NASCAR capital of the world. You don't have a wrap service next to you. No. More money. Hard to believe. More money. Hard to believe. Um. Yeah, I I was surprised they called the caution too. Um. Just go pick it up. Like if it's if it's out there, the the field's so spread out, it's not going to change anything. And now at this point, you decide, nah, we're going to throw it, and so let's change the entire trajectory of this race. It was already bad. You were five laps away. Let's just finish it and get everybody's misery out and get them out of there and let them go home. Instead, I, we I honestly. I, I just want them to, you know, hire like a, I assume they have someone that heads officiating and stuff. And no, it's different people that call the race every week. And now they have committees on throwing cautions. Listen, you, sh- you should go back to that, uh, the all-star race um, fiasco and listen to the, the door bumper clear from the all-star race, like yeah. either the week after or, uh, the following episode, whichever one, they talk about the committee that NASCAR now has what they're calling the caution flags. Okay, I just wrote it down. I'll go listen to it this week for sure. Um, it, it, it's just, it's so dumb. It's, it's getting officiating this year has probably been the worst NASCAR has had in a really long time. And that's saying something. No, it definitely has. Can I, are we going to get accused of being the blame the rest fans by Iowa fans? I, I'll take it at this point. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I'll take it on the chest. This, this has been, it's bad. NASCAR officiating has been absolutely atrocious this year. Y'all, uh, if, if y'all, have known me for five plus years and in in the next five years to come pay attention i guess uh if you didn't but i'm a guy that i've watched poor calls go one way i was a student journalist once and i tweeted about a blatant pass interference and i was told by my editor to delete it and that was like one strike on my job and i'm like I'm not getting paid for this. What are what are you talking about? Like, it's a blatant missed call. And I just that was a bad one. Mm-hmm. I quoted a tweet with a video, and it's like, I will always, always comment if there's egregious officiating calls going on. Um, this one, I wanted to see Damon's opinion first because I was probably more fifty fifty on it coming in, but. As I've now heard, I'm probably more 95-5. That was a terrible call. You just you can you can say something's a terrible call and not 
say it, it impacted whatever, I, I think this one absolutely impacted the race. Directly. It was a bad call. Yeah. Um, so I, I hate when journalists just refuse to, they're just like, well, I'm, I'm not in the business of blaming refs. Well, you're not. You just comment if it's a bad call, if you, you know, comment what you think. If it's a bad call that directly changes the outcome of an event, you have to tell it the way it is. There's been so many times across sports that that's the case. And today was just another example of it in the NASCAR world. Unfortunately, we've seen that how many times the all-star race is like front and center cover page of, of that, of that piss poor NASCAR officiating this year. All right. And yeah, and that's why next year, next year's all-star race and making sure this off season, there's some changes to the car. Uh, having this car at North Wilkes, Wilkesburg yep. would be bad. So you gotta, you gotta fix whatever's wrong with it. Whatever, whatever you do, put a giant 1970s Dodge Daytona wing on the back. I don't care. Fix what you need to fix. Mm-hmm. Put a 1970 Dodge Daytona engine. Put a Hemi underneath of it and let them rip. <laughs> I, you know, I'm with Damon on this one. Let's just raise 70 Dodge Daytonas. I think if we're gonna if we're gonna go back in safety, we might as well go back in cars. Let's go oh back and God. grab the fucking 86 Buicks and let those things rip. <laughs> I should have muted my mic and just let you go. <laughs> Oh, that was it. I, if we're going to go back in safety, let's just go back all the way. Richard Petty's arms flying out of the car. We got to have that happen again. Cause we don't give a shit. We're in it for entertainment. That was fantastic. All right. Got a couple more questions here. We're going to get to all of them. Okay. Uh, Motorsports maniac says, I uh, can't forget about the team as interview. Uh, Thomas Messerol last night after the USAC midget race, I did not uh, see the race live. I was, writing about the Cyclones uh, and their loss to K-State, third straight Big 12 loss. Great weekend for me and Damon. Um, He says after the race, he gets on the microphone at the track, on flow, uh, audio broadcasted to both the audience there and the broadcast audience. Uh, He says Cannon McIntosh, uh, without saying... POS. He said basically that he said he's never going to drive for anyone but his dad because he throws. Uh, he instead of dive bombs, he just said cannonballs. Uh, he said his car owner has had all his cars this year taken out by Cannon Macintosh. He ripped them for like 35, 40 seconds. Um, it's one thing if Kyle Larson said that. It's another thing if Donnie Schott said that. It's a third thing if Buddy Kofoid said that. Um, but some of these guys bitch like every month. And without seeing it, without seeing how egregious it is, I just don't know. Like, I don't trust Thomas Messerall going off on someone to it being the biggest thing ever because he's done it five times this year. Messerall himself has, you mean? Yeah, I, I, and okay. that's fine. I like that he's real. I'm not, I'm not bitching about that i'd rather i'd rather have a driver that says when he's pissed off and i think it's entertaining too i don't trust me i'm not it came off like i'm hitting on mesra there i I love that he's real and he's going to say something when he's pissed off about stuff um does it make people like him no 
at least drivers against him. And that's, you know, he's being real about it. That's, it makes fans like him. I think USAC's got a driver problem on their hand right now. I think they do too, but I think the only way you fix it is if you up purses, and I don't think they have any bearing to up purses at all because they would have done it already. No, I don't think you up purses. I think you um, you start throwing suspensions. I mean, you, you've got guys that are. I mean, they can't. Out no, there. No, damn it! Hold on, hold on. I would start harping on USAC if they if they started throwing suspensions for stuff like that because they don't pay their. If you got a hair. USAC inherently, is talented. USAC inherently does not pay talented drivers what they're worth, and that's why Kevin Thomas Jr., Chris Wyndham. God damn it, I'm doing it again. I'm forgetting stuff. I'm, guys, I'm going to work on this. I, ADHD kicks my ass a lot of the time, and I get ahead of my words, so I'm thinking about the way I'm going to say something rather than the names I'm going to bring up. But there's been a ton of... I almost had it. Who drove the 19? Tanner Thorson. There you go. Chili Bowl Nationals winner, not in a midget right now, not racing a car right now. It's insane. Talented driver. USAC doesn't pay what you're worth. That's why these guys are moving from non-wing sprint cars over to World Valas ASCOC 410 sprint car action. Wins. Is it? But is it fair to say that yes? Some of it has to do with purse problems, but overall, USAC as an entire organization has screwed up yet again. And now you have drivers that basically can buy rides and are just bad, bad drivers. And it's creating this where, where good drivers just want to leave because everybody that's around them is wrecking them. Cause that's been the name of the game this year. Um, don't, don't let me come off as like I'm, I'm saying your whole statement sucked. The one thing I had a problem with, I agreed with everything else. You don't think people buy rides in the 410s? No, I, I think they do. Okay. I just I you think it's more overwhelmingly more in USAC? I think it's I think it's easier to buy rides in USAC. Yeah, I think it is. Too. It, well, it definitely is. The national schedule is Indiana, 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 uh, Ohio, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. Uh, Iowa, Indiana, Indiana, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. I think we get it. Indiana one more time and one more time, Indiana, and then California. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope that was a joy to listen to. I really do. That was awful. I wanted to hang out. (laughs) I I threw an Iowa in there and I shouldn't have, because they didn't go to Knoxville this season. Right. But you get the point. Like it, it, is easy to do because it's more of a localized series. And I miss the days where guys were graduating from USAC to go to IndyCar racing. You know, I think there's talented guys there, uh, but I think other dirt series have passed them up in the process. And what didn't come with that is the dirt connection to IndyCar. And I think that's hurt IndyCar. I think it's hurt USAC. I think the split hurt everything. And we're looking at the times and amount of years it's, going to take to bring that back and it, we're what are we damning 15 years out of it no oh, it's at least at the and, very least and we're still not back so 17 7 yeah 18 18 years out of it i think so, there you go 0405 i forget which year indycar came back as a series um 
Yeah, so you, I just think USAC's being passed up completely by the World of Outlaws and other dirt racing series, Lucas Dirt, everything, man. Like, it's just... Well, yeah. Hey, Absolutely it is. I, I don't... Hey, personally, hey, drivers, I don't hey, consider it a, I don't really consider it a big-time series, personally. I consider it one, but I don't. I consider I consider the All Stars a bigger series than this. Okay, I'd put them closer to the same level, but I'd probably side with you that All Stars are bigger. I mean, it, it just the way the way it is. I think it's better. Okay, I think we've we've said what we need to say about that. Yep. On to the next one. All right, I'll leave off here. Well, there's, there's two more, and the last one's more of a comedic relief thing at the end that we're going to do. So, um, how about Corey Day sweeping the Cotton Classic and Maury Williams Memorial at Colorado Speedway in California? Over the weekend, he's easily one of, if not uh, the best young talents in sprint cars. Um, it depends on where your line is for young, on what my rankings would be. Uh, but super impressive out of him. I want to get really into California stuff next year. I'm just not... I need to like prepare and like go into the start of the season because I I hate like missing stuff. Um, so I I'd seen that he won, uh, but sweeping the weekend's always big. That's huge. Uh, I think that kid's gonna be really talented too, just like Ryan Timms, um, just like Buddy Kofoid is. I wish Buddy Kofoid would get a national tour kind of ride that isn't the USAC midgets because I think it gets overshadowed a little bit. But he's been doing phenomenal there. I think Buddy's going to Arca soon. Let him go win a cup championship. Let's go. I I do. I mean, I think it. He took a hit with KBM. Five years from now. Five years from now. Toyota. Five years from now. Pick two out of three: William Byron, Alex Bowman, Buddy Kofoid. To do what? For Hendrick Motorsports rides. Five years from now. Yeah. Oh, are you are you assuming that Landon Castle is going to be racing the twenty four car in five years? Oh, okay. no, I didn't no. know what you. I didn't know what the eye roll was for. No, I think the, I think the the guy that drove the forty eight today will be in that car soon. Ooh, um, in Bowman's car? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I like Bowman, but I think, I between the more recent stuff that is going on as far as the concussions go um once you get them they're tough to crawl back out of ask dale jr so i think five years from now i think noah gregson's in that car so to take your to take it i think it's one driver is out out of those three is going to be byron i i can't take two out of those three because i think because buddy's a, a toyota guy still Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Buddy's Buddy's a Toyota guy, and that's why I think I'm I think that's why Kyle Busch going to Chevrolet is going to hold Buddy back another year. Okay. What do you think? Um, why do you think Buddy's going Arca Racing soon? Because one, it's been kind of what I've read. It's kind of been rumored that it's going to happen sooner than later. Um, he showed out in Kyle's truck at at the dirt races this year. Um, I think, 
I, I just think that the opportunity will be there, especially now that Kyle is pulling Chandler Smith with him, essentially, since they're going, he's going to college um, and, and going over to Chevrolet. So I think that now Toyota is going to have some openings coming up. And I think yeah. that buddy is one of their top guys in the pipeline. There was uh my buddy was asking me about not, not to, no pun intended about who was left in the pipeline. I said, Aaron Reitzel still got his Toyota deal. <laughs> I don't think Aaron Reitzel is leaving the eight anytime soon. I don't think he is either, but I'd love to see it. <laughs> he knows I'd love, he knows I'd love to see it. I don't think, of course, uh, no, I, just, I want to throw that in, but he's awesome. He's uh super smart. I've talked to him a couple times. He's a great interview. Um, I, I should interview him more. I'm just don't find myself at the same racetrack. He's had a lot just circumstantially. Um, I did, uh, I want to throw this in and I'm just, I'm, this is a testament to how smart buddy is. Mitchell Moles gave me a long quote, like a minute or two about, uh, when Cannon McIntosh got, uh, DQ from that race win. Do you remember that this summer? So I, I yeah, asked that was him, at Millbridge. Wasn't it? Yeah. But when it broke, it was a day before I got to Houston's cause I cut my chin up and I got there a day late, So I wanted to ask him about what he thought of it. He gave me a great quote about when guys put stuff on their tires, what the lab can come back with the test result, how almost random it seems. Uh, and he, he, you know, he didn't side with anybody, but he gave me a great informational quote. I commend him for that. I think it was mm -hmm. fantastic. And that's a great way to approach it. I'm not complaining about his way of approaching it. I'm not, I certainly am not endorsing every driver to come up and say no comment to me, but he, but he looks at me and he goes, I'm not touching that. No. Yep. And I don't blame him. I, I was laughing about it. I said, you're all good, man. Don't worry. Um, and I, I don't think he thought I was like offended by it or anything, but it was just like an awkward, like we we're both walking to the driver's meeting. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there walking next to him. Like you excited for the race. My goodness. I get, yeah, in, my, I don't I get in my own head too much, but I, I just wanted to throw that in there. He's a great, great kid. Um, fantastic talent. All right. Very you, much so. You ready for the last one? All right. I just wanted to talk about the Formula One race Saturday night. The one that had more fiascos than last year's Coda? That is correct. Oh, my God. All right. So, Formula One likes to start races on time, and they like to start this stupid little caution clock, race clock type of thing they have. Uh, and it lasts three hours from the start of the race. So if you want to not have a standing start and you want to have a rolling start, like every other racing series in the entire world does, except Supercross, sorry. And Nitro Rallycross, sorry. Those are crosses though, different thing. Um, whenever they start a race, this clock starts. So it's pouring at Suzuka and they start the race and they let guys start on intermediate tires. Okay. That tire is already 
going against what the tires are designed to do. Every team wants to go to intermediates because they're faster. You make the rule that everyone starts on wets and everyone starts on wets. If they come in and get intermediates a lap later and then wreck, that's their own problem. You're relieved of what's going on there. But that completely did not happen. So everyone starts on their intermediates, huge crash. A lot of people almost go into Carlos Sainz, okay? Already you have a bad start to the race. They red flag it. Apparently there's a tractor on the course. Mm -hmm. So one of the drivers almost hits it. He complains. He goes, that could mm -hmm. fucking kill me. All the drivers are sitting through this massive rain delay saying, you guys don't care about our safety. They had a guy go into a construction vehicle and pass away. Uh, and may he rest in peace um, in 2014 at the same exact racetrack. And you almost had that happen again. Then to go back and say, oh, we're investigating if he was speeding during the red flag. That's, you put a tractor out there before you even threw the red flag. So what are you mm -hmm. doing there? Okay, so after that, F1 implemented these rules last year after they had that race where they pace lapped for two laps and then awarded half points for results. Yep. Don't get me started. They half way. points again this way, didn't they? Well, here's the deal. The race ended and it was supposed to be in the 25% to 50% bracket. So it would have reached the half point mark, which is actually just the quarter mark of the race. They just had a debate afterwards and they're like uh well we've raced for 35 40 minutes um i don't know what do you think what do you think what do you think everyone just this is what i heard i think they're doing this no one knew how many points were going to be awarded for the result of the race and then at the end they're just like oh well we raced for 40 minutes but instead of awarding the half points we're just going to award the race points and max verstappen is your f1 title winner He's going to win anyway. It doesn't really matter. Total, total clown show of how you handle a race. And people were comparing NASCAR to him today. I thought that was much worse. Yeah. I mean, they set a rule book. They're like, this is how many points we're going to award on how many laps we run. And then at the end, they're just like, oh, throw that thing out the window. We're just awarding all the points. It's good. But are you surprised? No, not at all. Okay. I just, I just love hammering them. It's just fun to me because I just want to make sure people don't take in take into account of this stuff. And this is supposed to be the pinnacle of motorsport in the world. And I think IndyCar holds themselves at a far higher level in terms of officiating and how they put on their races and all this BS that we talk about. Um, compared to both Formula One and NASCAR. And I think there's a large gap between IndyCar and NASCAR. As NASCAR has proven, they've gotten further away in the last six weeks. Um, and I think there's a gigantic gap after that. It's like off the top of the Grand Canyon, there's a little branch hanging there in the middle, that's NASCAR. And then down at the bottom, uh, next to all the other dead bodies, uh, the old USAC, they're down there. And now Formula One's down there. I don't know. I think uh, Formula One 
lended some of their higher ups to NASCAR's play calling here lately. So I think that's that, what I'm saying. Like NASCAR's getting closer to Formula One, but they're not. I don't think they're halfway to getting there yet because this happens all the time in F1, dude. They don't. They have no rhyme or reason to what they do, and it no. ticks me off so much. There's, you can watch, and uh, yeah, part of it chaos, right? But like as I said in that tweet, the last five laps of that NASCAR race today, it was total desperation for some of these guys. Austin Cindric said he changed the way he drove because he's he's trying to get a result or something. F1 takes that and they're like, okay, well, these, these guys are doing this and, and the race finally ends and we're just going to change the way we rule. You can't do that. It takes complete control away from the drivers and in, in what they're doing and the moves they're making to try and get somewhere. It completely changes the worth of every move they're making. And can it change it in the positive? Yes, but if it changes in the positive for one person, it changes in the negative for another. I got nothing to add to that. Okay. I, I don't. I was gonna I work. To I was gonna work more jokes into it, but you look kind of tired, and I wanted to wrap it up a little faster. I just, I got nothing to add to it because it. I mean, it's been mass chaos, and so I'm not completely surprised when I read it on Twitter. It was, it, it's what they do best. It's because they have that stupid ass Netflix show that they got to keep getting viewers for, so they can keep getting new race fans. Great for them that it's working. But at the end of the day, they're in it for the entertainment value. Have you watched it's like a reality show? Have you watched the NASCAR one yet? No, I have not. I haven't either. My dad is still pestering me to watch the Dylan Brothers. It's I, I will give him credit. The Dylan Brothers one isn't awful. It's Can we actually, talk about that? Yeah, we did. But okay. it's not actually the Dylan Brothers it per se. It is Austin Dylan and his tire changer. Oh yeah, he he talked. My dad talked greatly about um, how the people around them were yeah. than, than he is. I'm just like, geez, dude. Yeah, it's pretty. I'll give him credit. It's pretty good. I can't oh, I lie there. All right, we will. Uh, we're gonna be back midweek this week, Damon. What do you think? Thursday night, Thursday morning. What's your Thursday look like? I got to think about that. Okay. Not sure. Can't tell you off the top of my head. I don't have my calendar in front of me. You text me if we're not. It, I'm working on travel plans and stuff, and I'm busy this week too. But we're going to try to uh, get together this week, record in the middle of the week, cover everything. Congratulations to Landon Castle. He's coming back in the Xfinity Series next year. He's going to win the title. That's my pick. I've got Landon Castle winning the Xfinity title, and uh, AJ Allmendinger making the championship four with – Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Harrison Burton. Okay, so you're going all in on college. No, I think AJ's an elite driver. I thought that before he went to college. Landon's from Iowa. Harrison is a great interview, and I've talked to him many a times. All right. And the, I've talked to Kyle Larson a few times, too. Fair enough. I don't Fair think enough. I've ever interviewed Chase Elliott, but I have interviewed Jeff Gordon. He tells me Chase is a great guy. I'm sure he would. Jeff tells everybody that Chase is a great guy. Just listen to the last five years of Fox broadcast. Well, that doesn't ruin that doesn't ruin it. Just saying. Just pointing out <laughs> pointing out facts. I'm a I'm a fact checker. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys uh, for taking the time to listen. We all appreciate it uh, around here and 
hopefully uh next oh shit damon we didn't talk about sammy smith yeah that's pretty cool i just thought it was badass that's that's my that's pretty cool yeah uh go if you don't know what we're talking about go to the twitter it's got the video on there that was that was a pretty cool burnout so i mean there ain't a whole lot to talk about on that that was just badass you're right also uh shout out to anthony macri for getting his first world of outlaws win at port royal and sweeping the weekend with the outlaws i don't have any other takes from that either and that's why we didn't talk about it much because it is not a whole lot with it yeah i did did not expect him to lose badly so congrats to them uh appreciate y'all and we will be back hopefully this week if not it's next sunday and uh thanks for tuning in appreciate it thanks guys